From the time I can remember, my great aunt always looked like she had been to hell and back. Her milky white eyes and disformed face always left me wondering what happened to her. She was the sweetest old lady, always giving us candy and shooting out her dentures into her hand to scare us. Fun times. After she passed, I asked my dad what was the reason for all of her scars. The story he told me was horrifying. In her mid-twenties, her life was going well. She was not born blind, nor was she born disformed. That was the result of a horrific car accident late one night as she was returning from work. I'm not sure whether she dozed off or hit a deer, but whatever caused the accident must have been brutal. It being the 1960s didn't help either, as the cars were basically rolling coffins. After the crash, she was declared dead and brought to a morgue. She remembered waking up in the cold metal box. She couldn't move any parts of her body except for her feet due to the extreme injuries that she sustained earlier. She began thumping her big toe against the edge of the box. It was no more than a light tap. After a few hours, she heard muffled whistling as the night janitor had made his rounds, mopping and sweeping. He must have shit his pants when he heard the thumping coming from the row of metal boxes. She was taken out and soon recovered. She was blind for the rest of her life. This story scares me because you never know how competent those who find you at a crash scene are. It may have been the 1960s, but who knows if it could still happen today. This story is always on my mind every time I cruise a lonely dark road late at night. Stay safe out there, friends. So this isn't my story, but the story of someone my grandmother is close with. So a couple decades ago, my grandmother's best friend, we'll call her Mary, went to a friend's wedding. She went on her own, so she was seated with people who also came alone. As she was getting to know everyone at her table, she noticed an oddball, a guy with short messy black hair and a mustache. As he had got more drunk, he started to talk about how much he hated hitchhikers and backpackers and that he would kill them if he could, about how annoying and insensitive they are. Mary thought it was weird, and so did everyone else at the table, but they continued to listen. At this point, the man was really drunk and confessed that he had killed some backpackers on a pretty inactive road and dumped their bodies in the bush. Mary and everyone else at the table laughed it off as a rambling of a drunk man, but Mary says that she regrets not taking him seriously. A few years later, she comes to find out that the man that she sat next to at the wedding was an Australian serial killer. Ivan Millet. She says it still gives her chills to think that she sat next to a man who murdered. She sat next to a serial killer. True story. I am young. I mean, I'm 30, so I'm kind of young. But I see this little girl at Walmart not too long ago, running around the toy aisles. She must have ran past me four or five times, and every time she did, a man would get right behind her, on her tail. For some reason, I could feel something was off. I stopped the little girl and asked her if she was lost. She said yes. I said to her, this man isn't your daddy? And with almost a tear in her eyes, she looked at him and slowly looked back at me and said, no. I grabbed her by the hand and told her that we were going to go to the front to call her mommy. As a man was in our aisle, I gripped her a little harder when we walked past him and went to the front of the store, walking right past the man, looking him straight in the eye, and he just kind of gave me that side smirk, 
that till this day makes the hair raise on my entire body. Had I not stopped this little girl and brought her to the front to find her mom, I'm genuinely scared to know what would have happened to her. In 1978, I was nine years old. I lived in Billingham, Washington, a small city about an hour and a half north of Seattle. My parents were the carefree hippie type and pretty much let me roam the streets and visit my friends as long as I got home by dark. It was late summer and I had took the bus across town to visit my friend Leslie. We would go buy some candy at the corner store and walk to Fred Meyers, a Target type store, to watch TV in the electronics section. My parents didn't let me watch much TV, so I could spend the whole day at Fred Meyer watching whatever I wanted. It got to be late afternoon, so Leslie and I had to part ways. I walked to the bus stop downtown. As I was waiting, a white car slowly drove by, and just the way the driver looked at me made me start shaking. I watched him turn the corner. Instinctively, I knew he was going around the block, and he did. This time, he parked his car across the street. He got out and asked me if I wanted a ride. I remember everything about him. Curly dark hair, thick mustache, and the feeling I got from him was nothing I ever felt before. He pretty much paced up and down the block, smiling as he walked by, repeatedly offering me a ride. He then walked back to his car and was talking on some kind of CB or walkie-talkie or something. He was talking to someone about me. I could tell by the way he was nodding and smiling. He approached me one more time about a ride, and this time, I yelled, No! Thankfully, the bus came, but I knew he would follow the bus. I went to the back of the bus and watched him through the back window. He waited behind the bus every stop. My stop was on the corner, so I got off and ran as fast as I could. I looked back once, and I could see the back of his car. He had obviously parked. I ran another half block and crouched down behind a tree. I could see him standing at the corner, just staring down the street. After a few minutes, he left. Fast forward to January of 79, a news story comes on. Two college women were murdered by Kenneth Bianchi. It was him. His face was all over the news for a while. Only later did I find out that he and his cousin were the Hillside Stranglers. They murdered girls and women in LA. Then Bianchi moved up to Bellingham in the summer of 78. Also, I learned that he worked at Fred Meyer. The strange thing is, Bianchi moved to Bellingham without his cousin, so who was he talking to that day when he tried to get me in his car? Okay, so this happened to my dad. When he was a teenager, he used to work at a mom and pop pharmacy that would deliver prescriptions to people that couldn't get out of their house. He normally had a route and saw the same people regularly. One day, at the end of his shift, he had a delivery kind of far from where he would normally travel. At almost dark, he pulls up to the house and the screen door is open with one light on in the back of the house. He knocks on the door and hears someone yell from the back of the house to come in. He was already really creeped out because there was no furniture in the house and the house was filled with deep freezers wall to wall and there was a little teeny pathway to get to the back of the house, which was the kitchen. He goes to walk into the house and says the carpet was so gross that his feet were sticking to it. He makes it down the hallway to the kitchen and still doesn't see anyone. 
The money was on the table, so he dropped the bag of medicine on the table, went to nope the fuck out of there, and when he turned around to leave, he heard a loud raspy voice yell, Don't look in the freezers. So he ran out and told his boss that he never wanted to go back there. He's told me this story since I was little, and I've always wanted to know what were in those freezers. Maybe not super creepy, but it was always really creepy to me growing up. He's even taken me by the house before. This happened when I was about 14 to 15. I'm 19 now. I was in my basement playing PlayStation, absentmindedly late into the night, like I often did at the time. Being up until 3 or 4am was not unusual for me. How my house is structured, it has a front door, but also has a second set of front doors if you're down the driveway. The basement is by those second doors. As I was ready to log off for the night, I started hearing my dogs go crazy upstairs. They sometimes bark at nothing, cars passing in the night, or too much wind whipping past the windows. However, as someone who listened to too many scary stories, that was more than enough for me and was about to go straight up to my room when I caught a glimpse of movement outside the window. I looked through the window to my front yard, but I couldn't see anything. Suddenly, I heard my dad yell in a voice lower than his own, Hey, can I help you? This was what set me into pure adrenaline mode. I stood frozen staring out the window as my ears strained to hear the guy's response. I still got nothing before my dad continued. Sorry, you have the wrong house. Get off my property. He comes back into Sightline, a man wearing a white sleeveless shirt and cargo pants. I watched as he walked off her front path onto the street, then back onto the path. He was seemingly unsure of where to go or what to do. It was now I realized with utter dread that I didn't lock the second set of downstairs front doors. I finally break my frozen spell and run back downstairs and lock the front door. I take a deep breath and start back down towards the stairs. When I hear it, the door handle jiggle. I don't even look back. I book it up to the top of the stairs and to my parents' room. My dad had already called the cops. They came about a half hour later and seemingly picked up the man at an empty house down the street that was in the process of being sold. The following day, the newspaper told of an escaped convict from the max security prison here. Some sort of mix-up was made and they let the wrong person out. They caught him luckily enough, but didn't detail where. And that is how I both forgot and remembered my way through a creepy encounter. So it was a rite of passage as a youth to jump off a cliff. One summer my town was offering a bus ride on certain days for kids to pay $3 and we could spend the entire day swimming at the beach at Delta Lake in upstate New York. So my friend and I decided to go, but our main goal was to leave the beach area and go over to the cliffs at Delta Lake. This was our perfect chance to have the thrill of cliff jumping and live to tell about it. So once we were dropped off, we hatched a plan to leave the beach area, swim across the inlet, climb the hill to the nearby road, and walk to the cliffs. Took about 30 minutes to get there. Once there, there was about a dozen people watching others jump and enjoying the day. Eventually, it was our turn to make our way down to the jump off point. I won the bet with my friend on seeing who would jump first. So the guy in front of me jumps 
creates a big splash, then comes back up to the surface, faking like he's unconscious and face down. Eventually he moves out of the way so I can begin my descent to the cliff edge. As I'm nearing the ledge, I hear screaming. I look down and see a body come up from the water in the exact same manner as the previous jumper, face down and not moving, but it was different. You could see his muscle striations because the skin was gone. Eventually the body turns over in the water and is actually facing up, arms out of the water and a crevice in its face. At that point I realized what was down there and I climbed back to safety. When I got back to the top, all I recall is this lady running in circles screaming the whole time about what she just saw. The event was surreal. Needless to say, my friend and I never jumped off those cliffs. We went back to the beach area and went home feeling bummed for not jumping off the cliffs but scared at what we had just witnessed. This happened in the mid 70s and my friend and I were probably 11 or 12 years old. This is still vivid in my memory to this day. When I was in high school, I spent a lot of time at the local park. I always tried to find the most solitary spots so I could smoke weed. This meant most of my hiking was on overgrown trails, if not off trail. You have to pay a fee to get into the main part of the park, but it's relatively large so there's a lot of spots on the west side of the park that are free. Those spots are not quite as kept up and definitely not as observed. So obviously, it's mostly kids who just came to smoke and graffiti. But of course, there are still some runners, people fishing, dog walking, anyone who wanted to skip out on that $5 fee. On Sunday, I go to smoke at the park while my family attends church. At this point, I had a solid trail that led to a solitary part of the park that I frequented if I just wanted to smoke and not explore. When I pull in, there's already a few cars, but one of them sticks out to me. It's a very clean black car parked right in front of the main trail. As soon as I get out of my car and approach the trail, a man who's probably in his late 30s, early 40s, steps out of the car. I kept an eye on him as I entered the trail, as he seemed to be keeping an eye on me too. But once I took a few steps on the trail, another man stops me. Apparently, someone had driven a car into a reservoir the day before, and he asked if I was coming to look at it. I said no, saw a small crowd at the cliff of the trail, and figured I could be less on guard since everyone would be over there and I could smoke in peace. After the man I was speaking to walked away, I looked back to see if the man at the car was still watching me, but I didn't see him anymore. So I went to my usual trail in the less crowded part of the park, then go a little off trail for even more privacy and sit on a fallen tree to smoke. As I reach into my bag for my blunt, I look up and just a few feet in front of me was the man from the car. He was standing facing me and did not seem to be phased when I realized he was there. My heart sinks and my stomach turns. I listened to a lot of true crime, so immediately in my head I was like, don't act like a victim, be confrontational, and said, can I help you? He kind of grinned and responded, no, just looking. So instead of my blunt, I grabbed my pepper spray and my phone to text my family to tell them where I was. I kept an eye on him the whole time I did this and he did not move an inch, just watched me. So I sent a text, put my phone up, and watch him back, figure on the trigger of my pepper spray. Then he starts moving, so I stand up. He does not get any closer, but starts to circle me, still a few feet away. 
Remember that we are off trail, so as he moves around me, he is harder to see behind all of the shrubbery. I stay on my feet to make sure I'm facing him the whole time. He tucks his face away, so I can't make eye contact, but he knows I see him. So after he makes a full circle around me, he turns back to the trail and starts walking back on the main trail. I'm afraid of losing sight of him, so I follow from a distance. He doesn't turn around to look back at me. Finally, we get back to the busier part of the trail, and I spot a woman walking her dogs. He goes off another trail, and I go to her, and tell her that this man has been following me. But when I look up to point him out, he is gone. She tells me that's scary, and I just say be careful, then go to my car and leave. It was obviously a very creepy encounter, and a potential close call, but sometimes I feel there is even a little bit more to it. This encounter took place 40 minutes from Delphi, Indiana in September of 2016. A few months later in February 2017, 13 and 14 year old Abigail Williams and Liberty German were murdered while hiking at their local park. Their murderer has never been found. This took place when I was about 14 or 15 years old. I would stay over at my best friend's house constantly. She was an only child and her mom would let us do anything, including leaving her place by ourselves at one or two in the morning. I'm surprised we are alive because we were very trusting. Like getting into a car with a group of teenage boys that we just met, trusting. So one night we were hanging out at a guy's house. The plan originally was that we were gonna stay the night there. His grandma ended up getting angry at him and told everyone to leave. It was about 1 a.m. and we had no other option than to walk to her house. We decided to cut through a used car dealership. The security guy spotted us and told us that we were trespassing. He asked why we were out there so late and where we were going. After hearing about what happened, he said, If a cop stops you, they won't believe that. You'll probably just get into trouble. We didn't have cell phones yet, so we asked him if we could use his phone to call someone. My friend's mom was going through a rough patch financially and didn't have a phone service, so we told him we have no one. So the security dude offers to pay for us to stay at a motel for the night. This man was probably 30 to 35 years old. My friend and I were about 14 or 15. Stupidly, we accepted his offer. He says, one of you can sit up front. So my friend promptly jumps into the back, leaving me to sit up front. We stopped at his bank and then headed to the nearest motel. The entire drive he was telling us that he was a war vet that got injured on tour, saying that he would kill for a massage. He asked if either of us were good at massaging people. We said, uh, no, not really. We finally made it to the motel. This dude parks and tells us to stay in the car, but not before he takes his handgun that I did not see before out of the holster and puts it in the glove box directly in front of me and locks it. He then goes to the office and pays for a room. He ended up asking if he could come up with us and we could give him a massage as like a thank you. We said no and booked it up the stairs. We dead bolted the door the second we got in there. We definitely did not sleep that night. We were too creeped out. As soon as the sun came up, we got out of there and walked a good hour and a half back to my friend's place. 12 years later, I'm 26 and just browsing Facebook. There's this news article about an army vet being arrested for abducting and raping two teenage girls. It was the same bald-headed motherfucking security guard that picked up me and my friend. 
It was a very unsettling feeling, thinking of what could have happened. This happened quite a while ago, while I was home alone with just my dog. After all this time, I'm sure what happened was really strange, and I have no idea what this man actually wanted. So I was watching TV one night at around 11pm when I heard a car pull up outside and the engine shut off. I figured it was obviously a neighbor, but my nosy dog wanted to take a look and went to the window. He kind of messed up the blinds when he went up to go take a look, so I got up to fix them. When I did, I noticed the car had parked across the street from my house and my neighbor's house. I couldn't really make out any details, but it looked like the driver was just sitting in the car. At the time, I didn't really think anything of it. I got a drink and went back to watching TV. Quite some time had passed since I fixed the blinds, but I'm not sure how long. My best guess is 15 to 20 minutes. Out of nowhere, I thought I heard tapping at the door. Not a knock. It was much lighter and very quiet. My dog had sat up to look at the door, and I paused the TV when the same tapping then started at my window. I opened the blinds a little and saw a man standing there. I couldn't make out his face properly, and he immediately walked back to the door and started tapping at it again. It doesn't sound very frightening, and I'm not sure why, but I suddenly had a real awful feeling. I felt absolutely terrified and had no idea why. The tapping at the door never stopped, but something in my head was saying if I opened the door to him, then something really bad would happen. I went upstairs to open the window and ask him what he wanted. It felt safer doing this. He said in a really quiet voice that he was delivering a pizza and told me how much it cost. I felt so stupid for being frightened and told him I didn't order a pizza. In my mind, I guessed that he was speaking quietly and knocking lightly so that he didn't disturb the neighbors. My dog followed me upstairs and was letting out an odd growl and a bark which isn't unusual for him. I was trying to shush him when the man downstairs told me that he had the correct address and that I better get downstairs now and open the door to pay what I owed and collect my food before it got cold. I was really confused because I most definitely did not order any food and began telling him again when I noticed he didn't even have a pizza. He wasn't even carrying anything. I told him again that he had the wrong address and he got really angry. He kept telling me to open the door. He was going between angry and sort of trying to persuade me to go back downstairs. I asked him where the pizza was. He said he had a hold of it. It was really dark but he definitely didn't have anything in his hands. By that time, my dog was really making quite a fuss at this stranger and the stranger had turned into a broken record. Come downstairs, open the door come downstairs and open the door. All the noise must have alerted my neighbor who did open his front door. And the man didn't say a word but practically ran across the street to his car that I had heard pull up a while ago. He went back to the car empty handed. I have no idea what he wanted but he certainly wasn't a delivery driver. It really freaked me out as well that my dog was quite an obviously large breed and the man saw him through the window and he wasn't deterred at all. It seems even stranger and less random that he actually drove up to my house as though he planned on showing up. This story is slightly different as it's more strange than creepy. It happened back in 2004 when I was 12 years old. 
It was autumn, the beginning of the school year, but the weather was still uncharacteristically warm and the dark nights of northern Europe had not kicked in yet. I was playing outside with my best friend Kristen. We were sitting and talking on the large rocks in front of my apartment complex, right under my window. I don't remember how long we had been there until we see a man, who we had never seen before, walking towards us. I say man, but he had a baby face going on, where he could have been anywhere from 18 to 35. At first, we didn't pay much attention, but as he reached us, he came and sat right down next to me and put his arm around me and said, Sarah, finally, where have you been? I've been looking all over for you. At this point, Kristen laughs, thinking it's a boyfriend of mine that I didn't tell her about, except it isn't. I have never seen this man in my life. Yes, we lived in a small town, but it wasn't small enough where you know everybody, and I was definitely not popular enough for strangers to know my name. Now, a lot of weird things happen often in my hometown, from gunfights to explosions. Kristen and I had made friends with a criminal convicted of chopping two people into pieces, and had been chased with an axe by a weird alcoholic guy who lived in the forest. So we knew that people could be extremely dangerous, and if your instincts tell you that something's wrong, you better listen to it. Except in this case, my instincts never kicked in. I didn't see this guy as a threat at all. Thinking to myself, perhaps it's someone I met over the summer and made friends with. Trying real hard to remember his name, I just turned to him and said, Hey, how's your summer been? Praying that he'll say something to jog my memory in regards to him. His face lights up and he just starts talking about random things. When I can't remember him, no matter how hard I try, I just said, sorry, but we really have to go now. It's getting late and tomorrow's a school day. I say this while mentally preparing myself that he might not like it, but he just smiles and says, oh, all right, I'll see you around then. I basically drag Kristen by the arm into my place and all while she's still laughing and asks me why I never introduced her to my boyfriend. I shush her and tell her that I had never seen this man in my entire life. Kristen looks at me for a bit, then goes silent and just says, Huh, that's weird. I've never seen him either. The next day, our geography class took place outside. We had to use a compass or something. Not even 10 minutes into the lesson, one of the boys in my class walks up to me and tells me that there's a man asking for me. For a second, I'm confused. The events of yesterday are already forgotten. But as soon as I turn around, I see the man from yesterday standing among my classmates, looking at me, and everything that happened the day before comes floating back to me. Now, all my classmates are good-naturedly making fun of me to introduce my new hot boyfriend to them. Even the teacher says, jokingly, that I will have to tell my boyfriend to wait until classes are over. At this point, I'm really tired, so I just walk up to him and tell him that I have class right now and he really shouldn't be on my school grounds, as he's not a student. He immediately tells me that he's got a car nearby, and that he can drive me home. I just tell him that I'm planning on walking home, as the weather is nice, but he's welcome to walk with my friends and I. And sure enough, after classes end, he's right there, waiting for me. Normally I walk home with a group of four friends, so with the addition of this weird man, we can't all walk next to each other. He walks ahead of us, occasionally looking back at us, asking about my school day, about my grades, etc. Completely harmless questions, no weird compliments, no weird anything except for the fact that I still don't know who this man is. Same evening, my phone rings, a call from an unknown number. I answer and hear a familiar voice go, Hey, did you get home alright? 
I asked him if one of my friends gave him my number, and this time he sounds almost hurt and says, No, you gave it to me. How can you not remember? Again, we talk for a bit, mostly about grades and school. I'm not going to drag this story out too much, but this man called me every single day, followed me to school, in school. He even sometimes came into the building and found me in the school corridor just to talk to me, walked home with us after school. He found me when I was out with my friends. He always knew when my extracurriculars would end. He was always there, everywhere, every single day, until one day in November I left my house to go to school. Looking around, I couldn't see him. The whole day passed and he was nowhere to be found. As weird as it sounds, I was concerned, thinking whether something had happened to him. I never did find out. As I said, it's been over 16 years now, and I never saw this man again, and everyone I spoke to about it found that they didn't know the man either. P.S. I did tell my family. They told me not to encourage him, and that I should ignore him. Dear Creepy Neighbor, We've had three interactions now, and damn, am I creeped out. The first time we met, you complimented me, which was sweet, but then I saw your eyes roam, and you asked me if I have any hot friends. I told you no, and then you left, which was a relief, but that situation left me uneasy. I've seen you since while I'm with my husband, and you never do anything weird, but just last week when I was alone for once, you tried to flag me down as I was driving out of the neighborhood. I ignored you. I'm not one to pull over to talk to men that I don't know while I'm alone. But that double take I saw you do when I got closer lets me know that you registered it was me before you tried flagging me down, again with the uneasy feelings. And now yesterday I'm driving through the neighborhood to go get groceries, I see you again. You're at the front of the neighborhood now, so quite a distance from my house and your own. You lock eyes with me and wave. This is fine, this is normal. Now then, coming home from two hours of shopping to see you standing outside my house is not normal. The image is burning through my brain of you just creepily standing in front of my house. Literally, my heart dropped and I audibly said, What the fuck? The second you notice my car coming up the street, you start slowly walking, yeah, real casual, down towards a dead end. When I see you turn around early, I call my dad because I don't want to talk to you and I don't think you'll try anything if I'm on the phone. I literally see you hesitate when you realize I'm on the phone. You slowly walk past my house and pause at the bottom of my driveway. By this point, I'm already freaked out. I'm sitting in my car because fuck trying to get me and my baby inside with this freak hovering around my car. My dad at this point is having his fill of expletive words from me freaking out. Finally, after two minutes of hovering, creepy neighbor, you start walking back towards your own house. But I see you stop a short distance away and look back. And when I eventually get out of my car, I peer over the hill to see you looking at me. You wave, then continue walking to your house. I grab my baby and groceries and run inside. I lock the doors and proceed to have rolling anxiety attacks. I feel uneasy and nauseous. It's the next day and I'm peering out my windows every hour. My husband joked about you might have found me online. Well, if you have, maybe stop creeping me the fuck out. No one needs to hover like that and you creeping on residents is not cool. Currently working on getting a security system in place. I never had anything like this happen before 
Not sure what to do or if I'm overreacting to the entire situation. I tend to go with my gut and in these encounters, my gut has been screaming at me. So I'm in my early 20s and female. I moved out on my own for the first time about two years ago. I haven't had much to do with any of my neighbors and I've always been slightly uneasy to the fact that no one's around here looking out for me. If anything seems off, no one would notice or investigate to make sure I'm alright. Last year, I constantly noticed a guy walking his dog in the grass area behind my home. This isn't unusual to see, it's a common area for residents here. His dog is super cute and my cat likes to play with him through the glass door out back. They would just chase each other back and forth and put their paws on the glass and such. Real cute stuff. Well one day I was outside when his dog came running up to my porch with glee to get his pets and say hi to his kitty friend. This is the first time I actually spoke to this neighbor. We'll call him Mark. So Mark seemed decent enough and we got along just fine. We started hanging out pretty often in a short period of time, mainly because I'm a smoker and he was letting his dog out all the time and it was summer, so we ran into each other quite often and would spend an hour or more after work most days talking. This lasted a couple weeks. I gave him my phone number and was happy to have a friend in my complex. I will say, he was clearly interested in either having a romantic relationship with me or at least being butt buddies. He said this quite a lot. Not butt buddies, but you know what I'm saying. I was very honest with him that I wasn't interested in either, at all, and had to tell him this quite often. Frankly, I was getting rather irritated that this came up several times every time we spoke. He rather quickly was trying to get me to go into his house from the first time we talked until the last. He offered multiple times every time I saw him and blamed it on me being COVID cautious. He quickly got tired of the excuse and invited himself into my home as well, which I also said no. One day he came out when I was smoking with a bottle of wine and a couple of glasses saying I had to try this stuff because it was delicious. I instantly noticed that the seal was broken. It was a screw cap bottle, but it didn't seem like anything had been drank. The bottle was filled to the brim, which I also thought was a little odd because usually wine isn't filled to the tippy top like that. So he pours a couple of glasses and doesn't skip a beat on telling me to take a drink. I felt very uncomfortable, but I didn't want him to feel like he was being accused of anything when he was just trying to be a friendly neighbor. After all, he poured himself a glass of this very same stuff, right? Well, my mom raised me better than that, so I totally fake sipped and said it was good. After any sentence either of us said, he would tell me to take another drink. I told him that I don't really drink, so I'm pacing myself, but did say that I noticed that he hadn't drank any and to please go ahead. He didn't reach for his glass right away, but in the middle of speaking, he reached for his cup and knocked it over, spilling the wine into the grass. He brushed it off rather quickly and told me it's my turn to drink now. I said, but you still haven't drank anything. You spilled your drink. Pour yourself another glass. I don't want to drink alone. So he did. He still didn't drink anything. He did tell me a few moments later to drink mine. I told him that he needed to catch up and we basically kept doing this in circles. He reaches for his glass again and guess what? Spilled it again. Wine is all in the grass now. Then he told me to drink. At this point, I'm done. Too many red flags are screaming at me to get the hell out. 
I'm honest with him that he seemed real sketchy and that I didn't trust the drink because he is refusing to drink any but is way too eager for me to drink mine. He told me that he was just clumsy and taking it slow because he doesn't drink a lot but he has seen me have friends over taking shots and drinking beer and wine so he knows that I'll be able to handle it better than him. Yet another red flag is raised. So he's been watching me, huh? I think it's important to mention that our complex is huge. He used to work here and knows the maintenance crew and doesn't live particularly near me. He is about a half block away from me and cannot see my windows or my yard from where he lives. Also, there's a few different common areas closer to him that he could use for his dog. So I told him I'm flat out not drinking anything because of how it all seemed. He once again pours himself a glass and then once again spills it. There isn't much left in the bottle at this point. I pour the remaining wine in his glass and tell him to drink with me on the count of three. We raise our glasses. To my amazement, he actually takes a drink and I spill mine into the grass. Oops. He comes out about two nights later while I was smoking and instantly starts complaining to me that I wouldn't date him or have sex with him. He doesn't know why all the girls are like this. He starts getting really loud, shouting at me, asking me what the problem with him is and why I won't do these things. I told him that I had been honest with him since I had met him, that I'm not interested in that and it's not just him, I'm just honestly not interested in that from anyone right now. He still shouts at me and starts complaining about his ex and her dog, yes her dog, then proceeds to tell me that he used to abuse the shit out of that dog and went into full detail about how he wouldn't feed or give it water because it used the bathroom in the house and how he kicked it really hard. I'm horrified at this point, especially considering the whole time he's telling me this, he's playing fetch with his little dog. His dog always seemed scared of him, and I had even pointed that out in the past. And he said that his previous owners were abusive, so he was just very scared and distrusting. The dog was always very excited to see me though, and would cuddle up with me and stay by me. So I always thought I was extra special, but with that knowledge, I just think that this poor guy is currently in an abusive household. I was so done with this guy that I just cut him off and said I needed to go into my house because my friends were waiting on me. He has sent me several messages of gibberish when he's outside. He would just blow up my phone with, Hey, hi, Tujib, Nasajibib, Janik, LOL, my name, hi. He would just keep going. He's even texting me telling me that he knows I'm home because he can see me walking around or he sees that my car is in the lot. He would throw his dog's toys on my porch, I think to get my attention to come out because of the cute dog. He would just stand outside my porch for hours. It's all cold and rainy and snowy these days, so it's even creepier. I think in his mind, since I'm a smoker, I'll come out eventually. Silly him though, because I go out front when I see him out there. He said several things to me before the wine fiasco went down that were red flags. But at the time, I figured it might be a cultural or language difference because English was his third language and America was the third country he has lived in. I guess, moral of the story is trust your gut. He's still bothering me and like I said, we only spoke and hung out for a few weeks of the summer, 2020. My last message from him was last night. He asked me what he had done wrong and if I felt disrespected in any way. I have not spoken to him since he screamed at me for not sleeping with him, sandwiched in with emitting horrible animal abuse. 
I thought about answering his text with a brutal truth about how twisted and creepy he presented himself as and how uncomfortable he made me feel, but I don't want to give him any ideas on how he should improve. Stay smart folks, don't drink things that people give you if the seal's broken. He was definitely trying to drug me. Edit. To everyone telling me to move, I appreciate the concern for my safety. I would love to move since I have become uneasy in my home environment, but moving is expensive and not something I can afford at the moment. I also do have a stun gun, pepper spray, and a handgun. I'm extremely reluctant to ever use a gun on a person, but I do have training on the weapon. I do bring the pepper spray with me every time I go outside now, even if it's just to take out the garbage or pop into my car for a second. When I was around 12 or 13, a new neighbor moved into the house next to mine. Her sons helped her move in and left soon after. I don't believe my mom and I ever got a formal introduction. Her name was Carol. She was probably in her mid to late 60s with short gray curly hair and glasses. She looked like your cliche white grandma. Something about Carol immediately gave me the creeps. I never knew what it was though, so I just shrugged it off. One time, I was in my backyard when I got a feeling that someone was watching me. I looked over to Carol's house and there she was staring at me from the window. It wasn't like a glance or that she was walking by. No, she was staring. We made eye contact for an uncomfortable amount of time, then I ran inside. For whatever reason, my town decided one weekday morning to repave our street. I still had to get to school and my mom had to get to work. We had our garage door open and we were about to leave when Carol appeared in our driveway. She said, you can't drive on that, the repaved street. My mom said something along the lines of, yeah I know, but he has school and I have work. Carol just stared at us and said again, no you can't drive on that. She continued to block the car and just stare. Eventually my mom said something like, oh yeah we won't drive on it. And I guess that satisfied Carol, and she went back into her house. Of course, we did drive on it, which thankfully didn't harm my mom's tires or anything. Carol wasn't our neighbor for too long, maybe a few years, and then she moved out, and I believe out of state. She had a boyfriend from what I can recall, and I remember him sitting in the front yard in his lawn chair with a pocket knife cutting bark off the tree they had. Anyway, she was the odd neighbor to say the least. About two months ago, while talking to my landlord, she asked me a simple question that was, is your downstairs neighbor loud? I honestly didn't think much of it and just said, they play loud music sometimes. After arguments, they tended to blast their music. My family is pretty quiet because we lived in apartments all our life, so we were very shocked to find that we had got a noise complaint. A few days after the noise complaint, our downstairs neighbor comes up and knocks on our door. She then asked us to quiet down and stop the stomping. We were confused because everyone just came home, so we were sitting on the couch talking about our day with the TV off. We pieced together that it was our downstairs neighbor who filed the noise complaint. We did some thinking about what would have triggered her into doing that, and I bring up the incident where the landlord asked me that question. We decided to ask the landlord if she filed a complaint against her on our behalf, and she admits to doing that. 
My family has been going through hell for the last two months because of the noise complaint. We didn't even want to be filed. Every time she thinks she hears a noise, she bangs on the ceiling loudly with an object while screaming that she has even called the police on us. She still bangs and now we are very concerned because a couple days ago, we woke up to the doorknob broken from someone trying to force her way into the apartment. We also suspect her of being the person that slashed one of the tires on one of our cars. She takes any opportunity to watch us and we frequently catch her looking into our cars. We're stuck in the lease for five more months, so I hope nothing happens before then. We currently plan on filing a police report, but I honestly don't think much will come from it due to the fact that we currently have no proof. My grandma is terrified to stay home alone now and is very hesitant to open the door because we often hear it rattling. I'm a 17 year old male my neighbor has a complicated reputation with my family and I've heard a few stories over the years of interactions with him. He's around 70 with a two-story house on a street of otherwise one-story houses. I have anxiety and avoid talking to adults as a kid so I never directly talk to him. But my mom tells me that he once blew a foghorn at our dogs for barking, reporting my dogs as dangerous just because we had to chase him down the street after he ran off. According to her, he does this quite often around the block. He watches things to make things safer and confronts people about it. I go out to the backyard a few times a day to smoke and usually I don't have any issues with him because we have tall fences and I've never noticed him around. But I've recently seen movement behind the fence and crunching of leaves and yesterday I'm 99% sure that I saw a white robe through the cracks of the wood, which he wears. Both me and my mom think she watches me, and it creeps me out a lot, but she doesn't seem to think it's much of an issue. I started going out into the shed because I don't feel comfortable anymore in the open. I really think he's a creep. Just so people know, I reported this to Lyft and the police department and the city of the threats were made. This was Sunday night, October 4th, 2020. I was in the airport about to order an Uber when I checked the Lyft prices. $20 cheaper to take a Lyft. So I requested one and almost canceled it because it was taking a while to find someone when eventually a driver was found. Pretty much as soon as I entered the car and we started driving, he saw where I lived and started talking about murdering people, especially those on bikes, in the city I live. It wasn't just a once-off line either. He kept on going on and on about it. How he would get the cold sweats afterwards and decided he didn't want to feel that way, so he tried not to. During this, I am texting my boyfriend because dudes make me feel super weird. I wasn't really trying to converse with him, so all of this was unsolicited information. Then he was saying how he was going to do a haunted house and make it super lame and like it was over and then once you try to leave when you thought you were safe, he'd get you. I asked him, how would you do that because I feel like a lot of people are really aware of the surroundings and would definitely see you coming. Then he said, you never know, I might just get you tonight. I laughed and said, I don't think so, as he's literally pulling up to my apartment. When we park, he just kept talking. So I'm like, okay, bye. 
and I had to unlock the door myself. And when I got out to grab my luggage from the trunk, he almost took off with it. It was weird too, both when he picked me up and dropped me off, he just stand behind me like a weirdo. It was super uncomfortable. He definitely knows which apartment I live in, and I'm pretty sure Liv fired him. Edit, it's been a few weeks and I haven't seen him or his car hanging around my place. We'll continue to keep an eye out for him though. For context, I'm a 22 year old male and I live in a large city in the Midwest. Now I drive for Lyft while putting myself through trade school. I drive for other similar companies, but that's besides the point. I have many horror stories from those as well, but I'll tell those another time. It was Christmas Eve 2020. I was running a lift for a few hours before heading to my mom's house with my new baby and wife. Nothing special going on for the night, just the usual. I get a ride request. It's to pick up in a kind of lower income apartment complex. No big deal. I arrive and find my passenger. He has all his belongings, several boxes of stuff. Now, my car is a 2006 Chevy Impala, so it's not too big. We get his stuff loaded up, barely, and are on our way. During the ride, he's crying, saying his girlfriend was cheating on him, and how he had walked on them earlier that night. He couldn't stay there because it was her name on the lease, so I was taking him to a hotel. Now, in my city, we have a street that is well known for having vices, hookers, drugs, gangs, weapons, and shady motels. The works. We get to the motel, and he asks me to wait for him to check in and get his key. No problem, man, I say. I'll confess, I break the rules a little when it comes to lift. I have a gun hidden in my concealed holster, secured to the underside of my driver's seat for protection. Reason being, Driving Lyft and other contract apps, I've had knives and guns pulled on me, as well as people tried to fight me, rob me, and all kinds of other things. But like I said, another time. This motel was on that street I mentioned before. Homeless people were everywhere. There was a dude on the far corner of the complex that still had a needle in his arm, passed out against the building. I'm a big fan of true crime and horror narrations, so I'm on edge. He gets his key. The whole motel is ground level, so to help this guy out, I drove to his door. As I mentioned, he had a lot of stuff, so I started to help him unload it. While on my second trip of getting stuff, I saw a guy come out of his room, just to the south of my car, followed by two ladies. They came up to the room I was next to, not my passengers. One of the ladies pounded on the door, then opened it. That's when I saw the guy raise a fucking shotgun up out of his long coat and storm into the room. The two ladies followed him, slamming the door behind them. Following that, I heard a lot of shouting and yelling. I was just waiting for the shots to ring out. Out of nowhere, my passenger comes up behind me. I can take care of this man. Go ahead and take off. Have a Merry Christmas. And he gave me a cash tip. I don't even notice if he took the box out of my hands or slid a $5 bill in my pocket. I was frozen. I knew what may have been going down in that room. I had to leave, or at least get to where I could get my gun. I know that the guy and both ladies saw me, and I know they knew I saw the gun. I had to get out of there. You know, no witnesses. I got in my car and sped away quickly. 
I got a block or so away and called the cops. I gave them every detail. After I got off the phone with the police, I signed out a lift. I hadn't made much money, but I was done. I got a call later that night. The cops investigated. They never found the gunman or the woman, and there was no answer at the door that they came out of. The occupants of the room that they had went into said nothing had happened, and that was full of shit. I know what I saw. I'm a frequent reader, but first time poster. I'm a 26 year old female living in a big city. I work every day, even during the pandemic, and take public transportation to work. So I've dealt with my fair share of men aggressively trying to talk to me, or even sometimes just looking for a fight. I put down a deposit on my own apartment, finally, so I was across the city dropping off my deposit. It started pouring, so instead of making the journey home on the bus, one transfer and a lot of walking, and I didn't have a raincoat, I decided to call a lift. My driver gets there, pulls up, and is motioning me to get in. I see he's not wearing a mask, so when he rolls down the window, I say, Oh yeah, I'm just waiting to get in, so can you put your mask on? He said, what the fuck it looks like in my hand. I was taken aback and said, oh I know, I'm just waiting for the both of us. He hesitated for a second, then gave me a look so angry. I don't even know if I've ever experienced anything like this from a stranger. Pure anger. Like if I was in front of him, he would have killed me. I swear, it was that intense. He then said, do you think I need you to fucking tell me to put it on? I said, uh, no, I'm just waiting. He gave me a look again, sped off, not before calling me a fucking see you next Tuesday. Of course, I reported him to Lyft, but the best part of the story is the strangers that backed me up. One woman said to me, I saw what was going on. That was fucked up. I had your back. And then two older men who waited with me while I cried for my next ride, providing words of comfort. Not everyone is bad, but the shitty ones are truly shit. My mom brought up an interesting point as well, that since I probably got this guy fired, he's gonna have even more of that violent rage. And does he have my name and address? I'm not sure if he could get it back from Lyft. Something very scary that happened to me at LAX airport, and I didn't realize the gravity until this morning. Following my gut instinct saved our lives. My husband and I were in California seeing my grandma and grandpa. We were waiting for a Lyft driver to come and pick us up and take us to my grandpa's house when a man with a Lyft sticker pulled up to where we were. The designated rideshare pickup told us that he was ready for new riders and that he could take us now and that when we were in his car he would just add the route. I started considering it as he was just right there and the convenience was nice. He even took the phone from my hands to try to cancel the lift we had already ordered. But it seemed weird to me and my gut was screaming, no, don't go. He got upset and said we wasted his time. Big eye roll he got. He got in his car and drove away. As he did, I took a photo of his license plate. I immediately emailed Lyft. They did an investigation this morning and I got an email back saying the license plate has never been used in their system and that they are happy that I didn't go with the man. 
Similar things in Los Angeles have gotten people killed. Guys, my gut instinct probably saved our lives. To understand my story, you sort of have to know a teeny bit about our trespassing laws in our country, in that we don't have any as long as you're respectful and non-destructive. You can walk over any hills you like, and in my case, camp on any beach of your choosing. So long as once you leave the area, it is how you found it. I used to love camping when I was little. Our family would go multiple times a year with a large group of my parents, friends, and their kids. On average, there would be maybe 10 of us at a time, which was a bit of a logistical challenge since we always headed out to this one really remote beach on the coast. Actually, we weren't the only ones. There's always yachts bobbing just off the shore with people in them and other campers lining up and down the beach. Most of them also had children or teenagers so it wasn't a wild party scene. It was very much an informal family holiday spot. There was even a small building with toilets and showers installed nearby, even though it was in the middle of nowhere. I guess the local council must have figured it out and got sick of people peeing behind bushes. We took a trip up in spring 2011. I'm really bad with the time, but I know this because I just got my dog in the winter of 2010. After picking her out in November from a shelter as a birthday gift from me to me, as I paid her adoption fee. I know you all love dogs and she will be very important to the story later. So let me tell you a little bit about Parmesan. Parmesan came to me as a six month old puppy who had been rescued from a dog fighting situation. We're not entirely sure what breed she is exactly, but my best guess is a lurcher staffy mix. She is a wonderful, well-tempered dog with people, and most dogs, but you absolutely do not threaten her. She'll have you. So by the time of this camping trip, I had Parmesan for a few months. She had never been camping with us before, but as far as my family are concerned, dogs go on camping trips. So when we all piled into the car, she came too. Unusually though, none of our family friends could make it. So it was only me, my sister, my dad and my mom. I didn't mind. I wasn't attached to the other kids. I'd rather play with my dog and I'd still have my sister. The drive took the best part of six hours because we left a bit later, although I don't remember why we had left later than normal. And we ended up arriving at sunset. Not a good time to be building a tent, but we expected to arrive to the other campers already set up and the beach illuminated by campfires. However, the beach was empty. In spite of this, my parents started taking out the stuff to build the tent. They asked us to fetch some of the lighter bags from the boot of the car while they sat pointing the flashlights on the sand to see properly. I rolled down the window of the car for Parmesan before getting out. It was pretty hot for the time of the year and I wanted her to have air. Anyways, I always gotta be looking out for my furry little homie. As we were fumbling about in the dark, on the beach, in the middle of nowhere, it's pretty spooky. The road that led us to the beach was circular, 
and had a bridge over the water, meaning you could basically circle the beach in a big O shape if you felt like it. I wasn't really paying any attention to the road. After about 15 minutes of my dad trying to nail down the tent into the sand, my mom asked him, have you seen that car drive around? It's been a few times. My dad kind of shrugged it off. He's sort of like that. I don't know if he said anything back to her, but after a few minutes, a car pulled up next to ours on the road and someone got out. It was maybe 15 to 20 feet from where the cars were and the light was pretty low, except for the torches. We weren't expecting to see anyone else out there at this point. I think my mom said, it must be security. I don't know why a random beach would have security. I think what she meant was wildlife trust or something as they occasionally come down there to check on things. The guy was walking pretty unevenly. He must have been drunk or high because he had a stagger to him. There was absolutely no way this guy could be sober. Cool, a junkie. Not unusual to find, but it's rare to see them in the wild. As he walked up into our flashlight range, we realized that he was carrying a large knife, maybe 15 inches. Although, I was small at the time, so maybe my sense of scale was off. I don't like my dad, but credit to him, once he saw him, he got up immediately, holding onto the camping mallet, and putting us behind him. The man began to shout wildly at us that we can't camp here, and that he was just letting us know. My dad tried to initially be a little low-key with the guy, and told him that was fine, and that we would leave, but that didn't work. He kept coming closer to us. So my dad started shouting and the man kept shouting back. My sister and I were crying. I remember shaking. I was utterly terrified as I'm sure anyone would be in that situation. It really did seem like this guy and my dad were going to get into a fight. And I'm going to be honest. I didn't fancy my dad's chances. While it's grim to consider, I absolutely was convinced that he would have killed my dad and possibly us as well once he was done, as I don't think my mother would have the common sense to run with us. I love her, but she's always put my dad and her relationship with him above us. This isn't how it went down. A bolt from the black, like a wolf descending on his prey, took us all by surprise. Most of all, the man with the knife. In that moment, Parmesan was an apex predator, large canines representing nature. She got him by the arm and clamped down hard, ripping his jacket and shredding his skin underneath. He dropped the knife as it had been in the arm that she had gotten by. He kicked her, punched her, and eventually got her off. He grabbed the knife from the sand and ran back to his car and drove off. Parmesan didn't follow him. She stayed with us, mouth covered in blood. Quickly as we could, we gathered our things and all got back to the car, all pretty shook up by the incident. I looked Parmy over. She was okay, but the car's window was much more open than I had left it. We think what happened was when the shouting started, she must have pulled her paws on top of the gap that I had left open for her. As it was an older car and had the rolly down windows and not the electric button, I think she must have been able to hit it with her paws and force it down enough to squeeze out. This is not the end of my story. We were all pretty scared and since we had a dog with us, couldn't book a hotel for the night. My parents decided to just drive home so we could all feel safe. 
But first, we had to drive to the nearest town for petrol, as we were kind of low. I spent the time trying to clean up Parmy a little. I always loved dogs, but what she just did for me blew my mind. As we drove through the town, we came across a petrol station, but it looked closed. My dad drove up closer to get a better look and stuck his head out the window to look at the sign. My mom asked him what on earth he was doing and he told her that he was trying to see when it opens. Never. My heart fucking sank. Parked in a corner behind a van, so we hadn't seen him at first, was a man with a knife. He was sitting on the hood of the car, using some tissue paper to clean up his arm. It looked pretty bad. Without stopping to refuel or look anywhere else in town, my dad drove right out of there. We decided to go to the next town over, but the next town over was 60 miles away. We didn't have that much petrol. As we realized, as we were driving, we were going to break down. That's fine, Dad said. We had AA cover. They'd come to tow us home, or at least somewhere acceptable that night, better than staying in that last town. After driving for maybe five minutes, lights started flashing us from behind. Another car. The same car the man had been driving. It was him, following us. He must have realized we were low on petrol. The next half hour was the worst half hour of my life. I had a complete and utter breakdown, as did everyone really. I could tell my parents were trying to keep it under wraps so it wouldn't upset us, but we weren't really little kids. We were both double digits, and we knew how dangerous the situation was. The man followed us for 55 miles before he peeled onto another road. Our fuel meter was on the big red E for empty for the last 10 miles. We were driving on fumes. I don't really believe in God, but if he does exist, that was definitely one of his miracles. Once we got there, we drove to a petrol station and refilled to a full tank before driving the rest of the way home. My sister and I slept in the car after that. I only woke up once we had made it home, just grateful that nothing worse had happened than that. After getting some sleep, my mom phoned a non-emergency line for the police and reported what happened. They never got back to her after that, but apparently the woman she spoke to said they may wish to in the future, as he matched a description given by a suspect one in a relation to a murder charge. No idea if it was actually the guy, or just a random psycho. As I said, they never got back to her. So what's the takeaway then? Other than the crazy man on the beach, let's not meet. Well, for me, it's that I love Parmy. She's still with us now. Old as the hills are, and twice as grizzled, as one of my mom's friends likes to joke. I don't know why she did what she did that day. I couldn't tell you what her thought process was. What I do know is, this poor puppy was born into an environment where they abused and neglected her, only to be rescued and taken to shelter, where her mother and siblings all found homes before her. Despite how badly people had treated her, when I took her home she forgave but never forgot. I think the saying is, never trust a person who doesn't like a dog, but I always trust a dog when they don't like a person. They have a very good understanding of human body language, and I think she must have understood how much danger we were in. If you're able to do so, please adopt. You might find yourself in a situation like mine one day. 
I promise you that if you're willing to save a four-legged friend's life, they will pay you back tenfold without the thought of their own safety. I paid 78 pounds for her adoption fee, but it chills me to my bones knowing that if I hadn't been so insistent on a dog, I might be dead. This is actually two stories in one. The main story happened less than 20 minutes ago, at about midnight. I was out doing some late night fishing at a small but deep hole on the side of the state road near my house. Every time I fish here at night by myself, I worry about what would happen. What would I do if someone was to pull over next to me? Quick detour for the second story. I wasn't always like this. I used to fish by myself in the middle of the night all the time without having a care in the world. But there was this one night about 10 years ago, which perhaps merits its own post, but I will slide it in here and include it in the story anyway. I was fishing off a seawall next to a bridge and a car pulls over next to me. Two young men, but older than me at the time, get out. They walk up to me casually and asked if I'm catching anything. I told them no, not really. I wasn't at all suspicious of them. I thought they were going to fish and they were just asking me if I had any luck or not before pulling out the gear. The bridge was on a popular fishing spot. I was sitting on the cement seawall with my legs dangling over the edge. One of the men suddenly shoves me off the seawall into the water. They both grab my fishing gear and take off in their car. The fall was only about 7 feet or so, but it was just enough that I couldn't lift myself out of the water up the cement wall. I had to swim around to where the water was more shallow so I could climb up the wall. My mom had dropped me off that night and I was supposed to call her to come pick me up later in the night. My cell phone had gotten wet and would not work. To make matters worse, I was a smoker at the time and my cigarettes had also gotten wet. As you could imagine, I really needed a cigarette. I didn't know what to do other than just sit there, knowing eventually my mom would drive up randomly. She was furious until I explained what happened. I shuddered to think about how I or anyone else that they would have done this to could have died. These people had no idea whether I could swim or not, and apparently they did not care. If they had seen the news the next day that I drowned under the bridge, would they have put two and two together? Would they even care? Even if you assume everybody is a strong swimmer, the person could have easily hit their head, and there are many rocks under the seawall. And for what? $50 of cheap fishing gear? Clearly ever since that night, 10-ish years ago, I've been much more cautious when I'm alone at night, but especially when I'm fishing alone at night. So back to what actually happened tonight, which triggered me to write this post. I had luckily just finished up and loaded my car back up with all the gear. I was actually sitting in my car making an Instagram post showing off a fish I caught, a couple of yellow bullhead catfish, and some bluegill. I was trying to quickly write a post and then head home, so I was deep into the world on my phone, not really paying attention to anything else. Something causes me to look up out my driver's side window, and there's a pickup truck sitting there that I didn't even hear pull up. It has one of those big steel frame structures around the bed of the truck. I don't know what they are called, 
but I associate them with hunters and trappers. I have no idea whatsoever if that's an accurate association or not. I do feel like I've seen them, or something similar, holding kennels of hunting dogs, so maybe that's where I got the idea. There's this very stereotypical chubby redneck mullet type guy looking out the window at me, smiling a creepy smile. He was a passenger. I did not and could not look past him to the driver. I have no idea how long they were sitting there. I very quickly debated winding my window down and asking them what they wanted, but set on putting in my car into drive and driving around the truck and down the street. I was so freaked out that I didn't immediately go home. I went somewhere else and pulled over, looked around to see if they were anywhere to be seen, and then I actually went back to the fishing spot to see if they were still sitting there or not. I did not pull over, I just drove by. They were not there. It will drive me crazy wondering why they pulled over. Did they have something bad planned? Were they just curious, wanted to help? Will I have to worry about seeing them around town after driving off on them like that? I realized that my reaction is not completely fair. They could have just been pulling over to fish. Although you have to realize how small this fishing hole is. It's literally a fishing hole on the side of the road. It's probably around the size of a dining room or something. They could have pulled over there to see if I needed help, who knows. All I know is I was thinking if I rolled down my window to find out what they wanted, I could have ended up with a gun to my face, for all I know. Then I wouldn't have a chance to drive off, so I drove off without acknowledging them in any way, so that I didn't miss my chance. Even now I'm worried about the fact that my car has some slightly identifying marks, not crazy noticeable, but just some small stickers in the window. And if I piss them off by driving off like that, and they live around here, what if my wife meets up with them sometime? What if she has my daughter with her? Am I just paranoid? I'm still a little freaked out. Hey everyone. So for some context, I work at a Walmart overnight. Our lunch break is at midnight, so I went to grab some food, then sat in my car in the parking lot which is usually empty during that time, except for my coworkers' vehicles and the occasional person sleeping in their car. I was sitting there eating for a while when I noticed a car began to circle the parking lot four or five times, and the whole time I was very wary of what they were doing. I'm a 19-year-old girl and about 5'3". Eventually, another car, this one was dark gray, showed up and began doing the same. After a couple minutes, the white one drove in circles around my car twice, and the gray car did the same. Then they both pulled up in the parking spaces on both sides of me, so I said fuck that and put my car to drive so fast. I don't know what they wanted, but it was creepy. Okay, so this happened last night. I'm a female, 19, and I work as a maintenance worker at Walmart. And I work the night shift, 10pm to 7am. I have to go change all the outside parking lot trash cans, and we usually do it in the beginning of my shift when there's still traffic outside from customers and the day crew leaving. Last night though was different, I didn't get outside until about 12 to 1am. There's absolutely no one that I can see outside. I start collecting the trash, and when I get to the furthest one from the store, a white van I hadn't noticed before turns on the high beams, pointing straight at me. 
It was about 20 feet away and technically not in our actual Walmart parking lot. This doesn't bother me too bad and I just keep on going. Then I hear a door open and look up to see a person getting out of the passenger side and getting to the side sliding door of the van. This is when I start feeling uncomfortable. Next, the van turns its hazards on. I froze up slightly at this point and just stared for a few minutes. Then the hazards turn off and whoever was in the driver's seat starts flashing a flashlight at me as if trying to get my attention. I was already clearly staring at the van. I was frozen until the lights stopped flashing, then I just got the rest of the trash and got the fuck out of there. I told my manager, even pointed out the van to him, but he said there's nothing you can do as they're not in our parking lot. I have to work again tonight and decided to call the cops if it happens again. Whatever those people in the van were up to, it couldn't be good. I'm a doctor in surgery, and one day I got a case of a man, no big deal, some cuts to sew. I won't give details, but he was around 30 years old and had the wound that needed four stitches on his arm. When I started to clean the wound, strange and creepy compliments had already started. How I got a beautiful doctor. You have beautiful pupils. You are beautiful. You have a nice smell. I just ignored him until he grabbed me by the hips and pulled me towards him. I yell, what the hell, and ask him to take his hands off of me and call security. He laughed and asked me why I was so dramatic. I asked him to leave or I was going to report him. And then he got up and said, you know girls like you shouldn't turn down such offers. Your time of beauty is only going to last a short time. I was in shock all day. I told my colleagues about it, but luckily I haven't seen him since and hope I never do. I'm a 25-year-old female, and I work overnight at a store as a stalker. When I first started, a guy around my age got hired a couple months after me. He started hanging around other co-workers and I on break, and we eventually became friends, even hanging out alone on break sometimes. He seemed pretty normal at first, agreeable, and a good conversationalist. He told me that he was autistic, which I think helped me make excuses for him a bit, in hindsight. I was in a bad place mentally at the time, and having someone validate me felt nice at first. But then he started getting touchy. I would eventually be telling him more personal stuff, and he would start to rub my back. I didn't want to be rude at first, so I didn't say anything, but then he did it more often. I told him to stop, and he seemed to be sorry, until doing it again eventually. I was alone with him all these incidents, and the look on his face when he did eventually showed predatory vibes, and not like the friend I thought I had. Around the time he started doing this, he also confessed to me something he did in the past to a friend of his. You can probably guess what it's along the lines of. He acted quite remorseful, and said him and his friend are civil now, and that it was a long time ago. I think he even cried a bit. I'm generally a compassionate person who believes in second chances, so while this is when more red flags started going off, I still hung out with him a bit, although more distantly. It didn't help that his general demeanor was one of a pitiful person. Nice act. He hung out with my boyfriend and I a couple times. He lived near us, so we were kind of excited to have someone to hang out with at first, but he just kept on getting weirder and weirder the few times we hung out. 
He always seemed to be trying to one-up my boyfriend in a sarcastic manner. There was also a strange time when he did this deep belly laugh at an explicit sexual song playing on his car radio that my boyfriend and I just felt kind of uncomfortable about. He would make it a point not to drink that much around us when we were drinking, despite bragging about how much he could down. He rubbed my back yet again at one point while I was drunk when my boyfriend left the room, trying to pass it off as comforting. He generally tried to be flirtatious whenever my boyfriend left the room. Eventually, enough was enough, and I cut him off, although I still have to work with him. This was last summer. We weren't even friends for that long. Ever since then, he's come in early every night to put out my work stuff for me, leave me food and water and gifts, stuff that I've mentioned in conversations before. Parks near me and waits for me to leave the parking lot so we can drive together, I guess. One time, he waited a half an hour as I was chatting with another coworker. He waits in front of his house for me to pass by him to get to my house. I have to turn down his road to get to my road. Still says the weird phrases my boyfriend and I use. Text despite being ignored. Left a note saying, You really do hate me. On my work cart, after months of ignoring him. He's written my full initials on my work cart and marker, which he remembers somehow. And leaves the same one out for me every day. I always try to erase them. Even wrote the word stop on it once. But the next day, he wrote them again. Whenever he walks by me, he looks sad or pissy. Managers have talked to him and a report is going through HR right now. But I just hope it doesn't escalate. Despite being talked to, he still leaves my card out and stuff for me with some water and rewrites my initials. Update. Nothing really seemed to have happened with HR so far, except for him no longer waiting for me in the parking lot. I guess the manager talked to him about that. I told him to stop leaving my work cards out for me, and he acted like I was being unreasonable. Then he wrote my initials again on my work card while I wasn't looking, as well as a smiley face, which it seems he also drew on every window of my car the other day. Guess I left my doors unlocked because one of them was drawn on the inside. He's fucking obsessed. I work part-time at a grocery store, and I usually work the closing shift. About 30 minutes to closing, a lady comes to my register. She is polite, friendly, and seemed very normal. She pays for her groceries. She leaves. Seemed normal to me. About 10 minutes after we closed, I headed out to my bike, but she stopped me before I could leave the store, claiming that she had left her phone inside and that she needed to get it. She hadn't left her phone, though. It would have been at the register, and I thoroughly cleaned it, as well as the surrounding areas, before clocking out. But I offered to go in and check anyways, because maybe it could have been dropped on the floor. I wanted to go home, but luckily, my manager offered to call her phone, so I headed to my bike to get going. The moment I take the lock off my bike, she drives over to me, making small talk. It's a bit weird, seeing that I'm clearly trying to go home, and she doesn't know me at all. She tells me that I have a very cool bike, asking me where I got it. I explain to her that it's electric and that I got it from Amazon. She then tells me that she didn't know they made electric bikes, but then tells me a few minutes later about how she's been looking to get an electric bike for a while now. She asked to take a picture of my bike, 
and then suddenly ask me why I'm still wearing a mask, going on about how it could give me sinus problems. I decide not to take off my mask since she's taking a photo, which I noticed the camera was aimed more so at me than at my bike, even though I stepped away so that she could get a better view of the bike itself. Unknown to me, my manager and another coworker were watching the whole interaction, and after the woman left, went over to ask me if everything was okay. I didn't really think much of it, telling them that I was fine and that she just wanted to know about my bike. I headed home, but on my way, thought a little bit more about the interaction. She came to the store claiming to have lost her phone, but had it the whole time. She took a picture with it. She kept repeating my name in our conversation as often as she could, almost like she was trying to memorize it. She took a photo of me as well as my mode of transportation, all while trying to get me to take off my mask right before taking the picture, as if to be able to catch my entire face. Sort of creepy. Even weirder was when I turned back to the store to see if she was still there. I saw a police car which, after leaving the parking lot, turned on its sirens and sped off in the direction that the lady left in. Maybe I'm overthinking, but the interaction just seemed really strange. Anyways, let me know if you think I'm overthinking things, or if you'd be creeped out too. When COVID started, I was off for about two months. Fortunately, I work for a big company that paid us throughout. But I'm both the type that hates to be cooped up and the type that loves money, so I took a temporary position at a nursing home where my mom worked. Got swabbed, all that. Once I confirmed to be clean, I started the next day. They were desperate for the help. My mom and I didn't really used to see each other often, but when the family would get together, she would tell me stories about residents who would often misbehave. No names, nothing like that. Just funny stories and... In the case of one guy, the scary stories. Now, mom didn't mention any names, but she had mentioned that the particularly creepy guy was considerably younger than the rest of the residents. I should clarify here that she mentioned this well before the idea that I would be working with her. Most of the residents were well into their twilight years, and this guy was in his mid-40s, and in the nursing home because of serious illnesses that had each caused brain damage. That said, he was still fully lucid, just unable to properly take care of himself. Still, that didn't stop him from purposely shitting his pants, just so that he could have the nurses wipe his genitalia while he said things like, You should give me a blowjob. Or, Are you going to rub some cream on my balls? He never did this to male nurses. He just sat there silently while they cleaned him up. But it didn't matter if you were a 60-year-old female or a 20-year-old. He'd be as vulgar as he could. Though he did seem to prefer the younger ones. He'd also, on occasions, try to grab at the nurses. It got to the point where they wouldn't allow certain nurses to go into his room alone. Cue my arrival at the home. I don't have medical background, so my only real job was to run shit back and forth for the doctors and nurses and deliver food to the residents. One of which, of course, was the creepy dude. Let's call him Mark. Now, as much as I hate to admit it, despite being an almost 30-year-old man, I'm probably what you call slender. I'm about 5'11", and at the time, I was about 120 pounds. I also had hair halfway down my back. This is important. I also had a beard down to the middle of my chest. This is also important. I delivered to Mark multiple times. 
he'd seen me face to face. I never had an issue with him. Like I said, he didn't give the dudes issues. Until one day, he approached me from behind while I was bringing snacks around for some of the residents. I was handing a snack to my absolute favorite resident, a sweet old lady who I'll call Wanda, 98 with a prosthetic leg and still full of life, and I hear, Hey sweetie, come over here. It barely registers in my mind because there's a bunch of people around and it's not uncommon to hear and pull that type of thing. Wanda and I kind of rolled our eyes at each other and waited for the vulgar bit. Then Wanda said, Hey, and pointing behind me. A second later, I felt someone squeezing the back of my arm hard. I spun around, at which this point he saw who I was and he went paper white. Some of the real staff had seen this going on and dragged him back to his room. I was told to go on my break. Wanda and I had pudding together. Next time I saw him, he was still a dick, but didn't seem to hold a grudge. Not sure if he even remembered it. Wanda and I continued to eat our pudding and joke about the situation afterwards. It was our regular, daily thing until I went back to my real job. I don't know what Mark's doing other than, as my mom who still works there says, still being an asshole. But Wanda's great-grandson is going to graduate soon, and she's super proud. My brother used to work the graveyard shift at a grocery store. Usually, there were three employees during that shift. Everyone started at 9pm, except for my brother. He started at 3am. I remember him telling me creepy stories that would happen there. One time, a guy got robbed while walking to the store entrance from the parking lot. Another time, one of the guys was throwing out the trash and saw a homeless guy sleeping next to the trash. One time my brother was on break sitting in his car and saw a guy looking into cars. There's so many weird and creepy stories he has told me. The most scariest for him is one that he experienced two years before he resigned, aka got a better paying job. He had just parked his car, and like usual, he looked around before getting out. He didn't see anyone and decided to get out. He started walking up to the store when he heard footsteps behind him. He then looks behind him and sees a guy wearing all black. The guy has an oversized jacket and hoodie on. My brother's walking at a normal pace, and this guy is speed walking. At that point, my brother starts walking faster and puts his hand in his pocket where he has his box cutter, utility knife. As he approaches the entrance, he prays to God that someone opens the door fast. Sometimes he would have to wait up to 10 minutes because the other employees were jerks. Anyways, as he turned the corner, he sees another employee smoking a cigarette in the front entrance of the store. When the creep turns the corner and sees the other guy, he immediately turns around and walks back to where he came from. The other employee asked my brother if that guy was following him. My brother said yes, and that if it wasn't for him being outside, he would have to probably fight this guy. My brother is the most respectful and hard worker I know, but he always tells me that he would not go out without a fight. I would always worry for him because of all the stories he told me. A lot of people would quit because they didn't want to become a victim to those guys. Some even refused to take out the trash alone. I feel like my brother got lucky that night. Even he feels that way. He said in all the 10 years he worked there, he never saw any employee outside and that it would always take a couple minutes for them to open the door. For all you graveyard shift workers, be aware of your surroundings. 
This happened to me around the end of summer, beginning of autumn, 2020, and I just remembered it, so I decided to post it. I got a new job at the store, and I love this job to bits. After several terrible jobs, this place was a breath of fresh air, lovely atmosphere, amazing co-workers, and most customers were very sweet. I never had a bad day at work until this particular day. So this day was like any other. I was restocking some of the stuff and looking around if any customer needed help. Our boss is very, lack for better words, strict about making sure we always give customers a lot of focus no matter what task we were doing. I put the last few things away on the shelf and turned around to find a man in his late 20s standing right behind me, staring. I put on the friendliest smile and asked him if there's anything I could help him with. He says in broken English that he needs help with some bug repellent or something like that. And I got him to our shelf full of brands and we go back and forth about what he needs. He finally settles on the brand and I asked him if there's anything else I can help him with. He asked me for the way back to the register and I give him a detailed description on the way there. He just looks at me puzzled and then I ask if he needs me to walk him there and he nods. As I'm walking him to the register, he starts asking me questions, like if I enjoy my job and such. Normal questions that I answer politely. But then the questions got a bit more personal. He starts asking me about my age, where I live, who I live with, my work schedule. Questions people don't really ask employees. Me, a very shy person who doesn't want to upset anyone, I try to answer his questions without actually answering them. We're almost by the register when he stops and turns to look at me, standing a bit too close for my comfort. I stand there, visibly uncomfortable as he says, I'll be coming back tomorrow to pick you up from work. I laugh awkwardly and say, I don't know if I'll even be working tomorrow. He pauses for a moment then says, then I'll come by every day, we'll run into each other eventually. I laugh again thinking that he must be joking, but he's looking dead serious as I do. We could be friends, you and I. I don't have many friends. You could be my friend. He then walks off to the register all by himself as he obviously knew the way there. And I stand in place until I can't see him anymore. I look around for a coworker and I spot my boss. I run up to her, breaking down as I tell her what just happened. Feeling pretty terrible for breaking down, might I add. My boss asks who it was and I spot him by the door and point to him. My boss walks over and talks to him. What was said, I don't know, because I went to the break room to calm down. On my way home, I saw him by the bus stop, and I ended up calling my mom, and she picked me up, since I didn't feel safe going home alone. So, to the creepy customer at my job, I hope to never see you again. Longtime lurker, first time poster. I didn't feel like I was ever in immediate danger by this encounter, but it definitely left a weird taste in my mouth. I like to think that I'm good at picking up whether or not people are creepy when I first meet them, and he definitely gave me the weird vibes. I was working one Sunday night at my job where I'm a server, and 90% of the time our customers are incredibly kind. We have a great regular crowd, and we get to know them really well. However, one day this man came in. He seemed to be in his late 20s. 
He slowly walked in, stood a few feet away from me in a lunch-like position. Obviously, putting on my customer service voice, I asked him what I could get for him. He ordered two things. I asked him for his name for his order, and he responded, and then asked me for my name. This wasn't that abnormal, but he never broke eye contact and almost whispered the question. His body language was very odd, and that's what kind of threw me off. He then began asking me more personal questions about myself. He eventually walked off outside, and I couldn't shake off the weird vibe he was giving me. A week later, I was working, and he came in at the same time. He walked up to me and said hello, and of course I recognized him. He looked at me and said, that food last week was delicious, and proceeded to tell me he had a dream about me. Again, the same weird eye contact, weird body language, and whisper tone. Obviously, this would creep anybody out, especially with the way he was acting. I asked him for his name again, and after he gave it to me, he said, And your name is Ashley, responding with my name. I just nodded. I was uncomfortable, and my coworkers offered to take his food out. After work, I had to go to the gas pump at a place down the street from where I worked. I got out of my car and did the usual thing and look over when I hear my name called. It's none other than the creepy customer. He was working at the gas station, of course. He got uncomfortably close to me. Mind you, this is during COVID times, so people being close to me would make me feel uncomfortable in general. He again started asking me questions about myself, where I was headed, when I worked, just personal things I would never ask a stranger. But what got me this time was his smile. Something about it just made me feel sick. I quickly stepped away, said goodbye, and got into my car. He ended up coming back a few times, but I always had my other co-workers take his orders instead. He eventually stopped coming by. One of my co-workers let me know that I was the only worker he ever started conversations with. Anyway, creepy guy at my work who doesn't break eye contact, whispers, and stands too close to me and had a dream about me. Please don't come back in. Back in 2016, I was living with my then boyfriend's family in their home in Melbourne, Australia. Each morning I would wake up and be the only one home. On this particular morning, I woke up to a loud banging and clashing at the back of the house. I decided to ring my boyfriend's mom just to make sure it was her and it was nothing to worry about. Unfortunately for me, she didn't answer my phone call. Out of curiosity, I peeked through the blinds of my bedroom. My bedroom backed up onto the back of the house. I happened to see the top of someone's head or what seemed to be a gray beanie. At that moment, my phone rang. It was my boyfriend's mom. She wasn't home and said she wasn't sure what the banging was. I asked her if her daughter could have possibly forgotten her keys and maybe was trying to get in the back of the house. She told me that she wasn't sure. End of the conversation. At that point, I was a little on edge. I suffer from anxiety and overthink everything. I decided I might need something to defend myself just in case. Having been in the process of painting my room, I had nothing but a pillow to protect myself. 
I decided to have another peek out the blinds to see what was going on. As I pulled the blinds open, I was looking straight at a young man dressed in all gray. He looked at me dead in the eyes and just smiled at me. He then proceeded to walk back to the back door. At this point, I'm panicking. The banging is getting more intense and I know that this person is trying to break in and definitely knows I'm here now. So what do I do? I lock my bedroom door. The banging stops. I'm thinking, okay, he's given up. Then I heard the sliding door that connects to my room roll open so slowly. My heart is in my throat. I know I'm in some form of danger. Then my bedroom door handle slowly rotates, but it's locked. Then I hear a female faintly calling my name. It was my boyfriend's sister. She's been home all along. We come out to see that this man has nearly succeeded in entering the house. The door frame was torn off the wall and the sliding door is off the tracks. My dog hiding under the couch. We call triple zero and have two squad cars to the house within three minutes. Anyway, he's never caught. A couple weeks later, my number plates are stolen. My car was in the driveway of the house that day of the attempted break-in. Weeks and weeks after, I'm followed by a young man in a van. He follows me to the petrol station and makes a note of stopping his car and smiling at me. He stops his car in peak hour traffic to get a glimpse of me. He was hanging around the front of my house, neighbor's house, and street for the weeks following the incident. Everything was reported to the police, his registration, but the plates he had were fake. Nothing ever came from this. I moved, bought a new car, and haven't had an issue since. I now have a huge fear of being home alone in general. I was 15 when this happened, so I think it's safe for me to post this without fearing that the individual in the story might come across this post and find me. I was laying in bed watching TV. I had the house to myself as my mom went out to get groceries. When the credits of the show came on, I saw a reflection in the black screen of someone standing in my doorway. The moment I saw the figure, I froze. I was completely paralyzed with fear, to the point where my head started heating up. I felt like I was about to faint. Somehow, I racked up the nerve to turn my head to see if someone was actually there. To my relief, there was nobody. I guess I was just seeing things, or so I thought. I went back to watching TV when 10 minutes later I received a text from my neighbor letting me know that Charlie, my dog, was out on the street. My neighbor is really old and has poor eyesight, so I assumed that he was mistaking Charlie for another dog. I nonetheless looked around to confirm Charlie's absence. After calling his name and receiving no response, I stood up and headed downstairs towards the living room as Charlie likes to rest there. On my way down, I noticed the front door open. I got chills. It was at this moment I realized the figure I had seen earlier wasn't just me seeing things. I immediately proceeded to walk out the door, but as I proceed, the sound of footsteps running down the stairs could be heard from my position. I bolted out of there as fast as I could and ran straight to my neighbor's house. I told him what just happened, to which he responded by calling the police. The police came to my house and inspected the place. They couldn't find anyone, except for a switchblade which the intruder must have dropped as he bolted out of the house upon hearing the sirens of the police cars about a mile away. 
If it wasn't for my neighbor's text, I'm sure I would have made the headlines. So I'm a 20 year old, and what I'm about to tell you happened about two hours ago. I felt the need to write down what happened. So basically, I was on a video conference when suddenly someone rang my doorbell. I opened the door without taking the time to see who's behind the door first. When I open the door, I see a tall man, looks like he's in his 60s. He's got a black hat, a bag, and a black three-quarter coat, and his left hand was behind him, so I wasn't able to see it. When I opened the door, he asked me about my mom at first. I said that she's not home yet, so he asked about my dad right after. He was sleeping, and I hate when people wake him up, so I said he wasn't there. When I said that, the man started approaching the door, smiling, in a creepy way. I panicked and said he was actually sleeping, so the man took a step back and stared at me for about 5 seconds without saying any words, but still smiling the creepiest smile I've ever seen. After that, I asked him to tell me his name, but he didn't react, and his smile was getting even creepier. My dad woke up and asked me who was at the door. The man heard his voice so he took off, throwing whatever he had in his hand hiding behind his back into the bag, and then he left. I didn't really get what was going on, so I just shut the door. My dad asked me about the man, so I told him what happened. My dad ended up calling one of our neighbors. After that, we heard the same man had tried to break into the apartments near our house. They attempted to catch him, but he ran away. I'm still trying to figure out what he intended to do if I was alone. This happened when I was 5 years old. It was late and my mom was folding laundry. My dad was early on the internet scene so he was on the computer in the basement. Out of nowhere a man walked into my house. He didn't say anything and my mom was terrified for her children that were asleep as well as herself. He cornered her into the kitchen, and my mom was terrified that he was going to rape her. He went to cover her mouth, and they moved from the living room to the kitchen. My mom yelled my dad's name, and he came upstairs right away. Usually, he would wait a few minutes to finish something, but something about my mom's voice made him aware of the danger. He came upstairs and said something like, You're in the wrong house. The guy tried to apologize, saying that the address was a mistake or something. My mom has always said my dad saved her from being raped or worse. They called the police, but nothing ever came of it. Right now as of posting this, it's 7.04 in the morning and I can't go back to sleep because of this. I'm a 14 year old male. I woke up roughly around 6.30am and looked out my window. I see a guy, tall, skinny, dressed in all black, and he's in the neighbor behind me's backyard. He was just staring at the ground very shakily. I was also staring at him through the bedroom window. About 30 seconds after this encounter, he sees me out of my bedroom window and starts staring at me. And honestly at this point, I'm scared shitless. So I wake up my dog because the fence between the house behind me is a short chain link fence. I go downstairs to get my mom. We both look outside, but he's gone. This guy just vanished. 